You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to geeksradio.com or searching Geeks Radio on iTunes. Geeks Radio is a presentation of Endlight Entertainment. Warning, the episode you're about to listen to may include plot spoilers and naughty language, so listener discretion is advised. It's time for Trek Off! Benedict Cumberballs! Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. I wanted to let you know before Alexia joins us that this is part two of a two-part conversation regarding Star Trek Into Darkness. Part one was a couple of weeks ago, and we wanted to make sure that you listen to it first if you want to. To do that, you can go to geeksradio.com and click on Trek Off and listen to it there, or listen to it on iTunes by searching for Trek Off, but that's how you can listen to part one. Um, The conversation is in progress. It is very spoilery, so if you haven't seen Star Trek Into Darkness and you don't don't want to be spoiled i wouldn't listen uh the conversation we've basically been comparing it to uh another movie and you're going to hear all about that and whether or not it holds up so here we go welcome to trek off it's just interesting looking at the comparison between the two i will say this that when i get to the end um i still don't have a problem with the cons scene um but the more i've heard it the whole as kirk is dying the ship out of danger all of that it plays false for me upon in the third and fourth viewings. It doesn't play like they're ripping off Star Trek Two. It plays to me as pandering. Hmm. Um, it plays to me to go like it's doing this. It is. It's like a the what the what, I think it was now playing who said, "It's like a pretty good remake of a really good song." Hmm. Um, that the scene itself is not affecting you. It's just reminding you how much you liked that song. So the emotional resonance that you're having, the thing that it's getting you so much. Yeah, Kirk is dying and that's affecting you. But them saying those words, it's getting you because you have affection for those words. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely do. And there I and, have emotional remembrance for those. Words. And that's and that's the thing. It goes, it goes, that's, the, I mean, that's uh, true. upon the third viewing. I really felt like, yeah, you know what? There's the one I really think about it. I liked it better the other way. I liked it better the other way. I liked it better. I thought the performance of Shatner and Nemo were better in that scene. I think that scene is is an amazing scene. I think I think why would you remake that scene? Why remind me that this other scene that is better even though we've had all this filmmaking technology even though I would I would dare say that that Chris Pine and Zachary, Zachary Quinto are on paper better actors than Shatner and Nimoy. Why Why try... Shatner and Nimoy were lightning in a fucking bottle in Star Trek II. It's one of the greatest science fiction films of all time. It, there's almost an arrogance to go, that. see, we're doing it, and we're doing it better. That sort of feels like... I guess maybe I didn't feel like they were trying to say they were doing it better. They were saying, these people, are so, their destinies are so intertwined. Yeah. They have such an effect on each other that some version of this shit had to go down. But the minute it felt false for me, the whole scene fucking falls apart. And if they hadn't had to say the exact same words, 
They had like by the third time seeing it, I was like, okay, yeah, I know this song. And I guess. and the moment took me out more than it drew me in. The first time Well, round, I haven't seen it four times. First yet. time round it drew me in. I was like, oh, but I, I realized now the minute I heard the guy saying that, that it's like a pretty good remake of a really good song. I was like, Yeah, you know it is. That scene is a pretty good remake. It's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. No, but, but like it, there's the origi- so much that makes like we were talking about and you were saying you don't know uh which is the better film, but I I I you know what if I could watch either one. Right now I'd watch Into Darkness because I've only seen it four times and I want to I went to but in a year if I could watch either one. Yeah, I'm just saying like, you know, years from now. If I gave you two DVDs so you could only watch one right now? I just watched Wrath of Khan. I watched it. I, I would watch Into Darkness five times in a row before I'd watch Wrath of Khan right now because it's new. There's so much I don't. I'm not know. like you though. I want to. I'm fi- not necessarily. I want, I want to explore its nooks and crannies. I, I mean, I do too. But like, I guess for me, I don't. For this second film, I don't feel the same way I felt when Star Trek 2009 came out. Yeah. Because I was at such a a depletion of new Trek that I think that coming out and like bringing back the people that I personally love the most. Um. I was just so excited about that prospect that I think that's what made me just like go nuts on that movie more than any other movie in the movie in the movie in the theater that I paid for ever in my life. I think I went and saw that in the theater like seven times or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I've already seen this one four. I'll probably see it one more time before it's out. And I think the reason for like, I don't feel the same compulsion to do it this time around. And that might be because I'm not, you know, financially doing well enough to spend the IMAX money every fucking time. Um, because it's I still, pricey. I still need um, to see it in 2D and I might try and see it in 2D next because I want to see. Yeah, I probably won't do Like, I'm not going to spend the money to go f- to a fucking movie theater unless I'm going to be spending the money to see it in IMAX 3D, which I can't do at home. Like, I'm just not. That's mm. just me. That's just how I see these things. But like, I will, you know, watch it a lot once it comes out. But I just feel like having just watched Wrath of Khan. The scene, like right before the scene that we're talking about. Like before he goes down there, and you just he's just on the bridge, and 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 McCoy's like, I think you better come down here, Jim. And there's a yeah. shot where he looks and sees the empty Spock's chair. empty chair, and there's that moment of realization. So yeah, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Well, <laughs> like, was- and you're like, oh god, like, and then the tears start, yeah. and it's all awful. <laughs> um, I here's the thing about Into Darkness, which I think that I'm realizing. My complaints are where it mimics Star Trek 2009 and where it mimics Wrath of Khan and where, sure, even where it seems to mimic Star Wars, where I like it is where it doesn't do any of that. So I love that first scene. That first scene's totally new that on, yep. the, on the planet with it you already know, it's funny and it's new and it's great and i love the evolution of the relationship with pike and i actually as much as i feel like it's it's badly written in terms of a plot that he arrives how he does i love the scene when he's doing the attack and 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 like the action there is great and i love the comedy that that scotty gives us and i love um Khan's performance kind of throughout the film. Oh yeah. And I love the fight between Khan and Spock, not just the chase but the emotional intensity of that fight. And I love Spock's screaming of Khan. I actually I I actually 
prefer that to Kirk's. Kirk's I laugh at because it's silly. Um, I will not punch you in your face, but I'm thinking about it. Con, con, con. It's just, it's, it's, it is, in my opinion, something that maybe it's been mocked so much that all I can hear is the mockery now. Um, because it's, it's, um, but I feel like Quinto gives a great performance. No, he does. I, I definitely didn't have an issue Um, with his. I you felt know, like it was the proper Sulu in the chair, you know, giving gi- giving the threats, I think is great. The introduction of the Klingons and Uhura's performance there where she is both terrified out of her fucking mind and also trying to seem as brave as she can possibly give yep. is, is a very, really layered and nuanced performance. Um, I, you know, some of the sci fi stuff uh, th- that's in there, the, the way they use Section 31, everything that Admiral Marcus does. There's tons of stuff that I love that all the new stuff I loved. All the remake stuff, I did like as soon as we had to justify Khan and his seventy-two torpedoes. And yes, we took seventy-two people out of their seventy-two cryo tubes. We took the entire crew to make sure every one of them were taken out when the crew's about ship's about to be destroyed. When you really think about it, there's no no way they could have or would have or would have had the time to do that. We took every torpedo out of every torpedo tube, brought them all into sick bay, removed every cryo tube, put the torpedoes back together. You know these torpedoes that will almost explode on you. Um, and put them back into the torpedo tubes right now. Like it's a convenient shot that wraps up the moment, but it doesn't make any sense. You know, the, <laughs> and, and it's, why are they doing that? Cause they have to justify why it's like space. Yeah. When it, wherever it deviates from that path, I like what it's doing a lot. Whenever they're like, what can we do? That's new. Mm-hmm. You know, the way the ship crashes and keeps getting caught in the, in the, in the gravity. Well, I love that because it's super actiony, but it's also very super science fictiony. Mm-hmm. Like, what would happen if a ship is rotating round and round, and gravity is always pulling one direction? That's a sci-fi action scene. That's a scene I can't get from Die Hard. You know, right. that's a that's like. Ugh, don't even get me started about. Do you see Die Hard Five? Yeah. Do you see what I was saying? Yeah, you were right. It does take a. It's it, so awful. It, when it does it does it not make you long for the good oh. old days of Die Hard Four? Like, like seriously, when do you rewatch Die Hard Four? Going now. Yeah, it's not so bad. I mean, I guess I enjoyed Star. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed Die Hard Four. So, like, I didn't necessarily. I mean, I certainly wouldn't say I enjoyed it as much as Die Hard. No, but oh my gosh, Die Hard and, Five. And the way they ended it, that fucking shot. Someone should lose their job for that shit. What shot was that? How did they end it? Where his son, like, basically mimics the shot from the first film with the villain. Spoiler. Oh yeah, 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 know? yeah. Oh my! Like that was seriously like a piercing knife. Yeah, straight to my heart. It hurt. There was so bad. there's nothing about that film that it is was any that good. moment. Like up until then, it was did, just did bad. the film make you angry? But that moment, seriously. Do you understand I my felt anger now? Stabbed. Do you understand my anger now? I do. Like it's it's weird because Die Hard Five is not even worth. Let's quick jump on Die Hard. Die Hard Five is not even. It's not even a. I I it's not even that it's abysmally bad. I can I can watch it abysmally. It's just so. It's so nothing. It's so so full of nothing. It's so phoned in. I mean, every fucking and seriously, I will I will say all this. of the cards like being destroyed and like it was almost like it was like what is this just demolition derby? Yeah, like how many fucking things can we just look? How much action we're doing? I'm look how many a, things! I'm on vacation. Oh, how many fucking times did he fucking yeah. say that 
fucking line. I will oh say my this. Gosh. I will say this. The son seemed like an adequate actor, but he was awful. Like he did the writing he, was awful. Uh, yeah, but what he did was awful. He, the son seems like he is trying his uh, heart. The guy who does it, whoever Jack, sure, Courtney, the poor actor. He seems like he's trying as hard as he can to make. Uh, like, like I don't, I don't envy that guy because no way. because he seems like he is he's in a scene that's badly written in a movie that makes no sense with another actor who clearly doesn't yeah, want to be there. Like that's got to be su- and and he comes off looking good. I think the son. The only thing about the movie that comes off looking good is the son seems like he's an adequate action hero. Like I would, I'd see more stuff with that guy. That guy seems fine. He seems yeah. No, good. I don't have anything against him. You know, but here's the thing: when it's a movie with. Bruce Willis and some other guy, I should not be walking away going, the other guy's pretty good. I mean, in the moments where Bruce Willis was being, you know, Bruce Willis, they were still- When was that? There were still some moments where he was good. When, when was, was I getting- There was too much of, here's this joke, here's this joke a fucking again. Um, when was he being good? When was Bruce Willis being good? When was he doing anything that was good? When he would make his grizzled face sometimes. I'm just saying. Yeah, but that's just him being grizzled. I'm just saying. John McClane's not supposed to be gristled. He's that not a gristled. He He's like, how old is he? Come on. He can be gristled. Yeah. I. So, yeah. I, it's just, yeah. Don't get. Anyway, Star Trek Into Darkness. Anyway, Star Trek and Star Trek, Trek 2. Let's not, let's not, um, let's not um, get derailed. <laughs> I, My bad. Sorry. Um, I I want to call one more thing out because I want to talk about our two cons. Um, okay, let's. Because beforehand, I'd have a really hard time saying which was the. I wouldn't have a hard time going, who is better? I go, Ricardo Montalban. But fuck, if this is not Cumberbatch's movie. No, Cumberbatch is amazing. Why can they not cast a con who has a name that's easy to say? I um, mean, and, and that's the thing. When people would Ricard- say things about Cumberbatch that are like, like, I'm like, how can you say anything bad about that man's fucking performance in this film? Yeah, it was no, immaculate. no. Um, I would say it's, it's if, if less memorable than con. That's what I say about all of it, though. I can, I I keep going through Star Trek Two. I'm going. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good act. That's what I mean. Like there, there's something. I say about, about I say about Star Trek Two and about the Star Trek actors. I think that every single actor in the new Star Trek is a better actor than the one that preceded them. Every single one, with the possible exception of Quinto and Nimoy. But I see Quinto doing things I never saw Nimoy getting the chance to do, but Nimoy always seemed to be emoting under the surface. Yeah. But everyone else was a personality more than they were an actor. I always felt like even Shatner, I never thought he was an astounding actor. He had one great moment in Star Trek three and a couple of great moments in Star Trek two, but otherwise he is an adequate actor. I think Chris Pine, I don't think Shatner ever did anything. Even when David dies as moving as Chris Pine's performance, when Pike dies, I think that Chris Pine is is a is a better trained, more effective actor, but and and certainly Cumberbatch is is, is more so that than than, than Montalban. Yeah, but still, I don't think that performance will be remembered in ten years. I know by Star Trek fans, it will. It's a great performance. Is a yeah, here's a great performance not, there, in a Star Trek film. There's something about Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, like as Khan specifically. Like I have questions. There's just yeah. something about the way he talked, uh, the lilt of his voice, and I feel like something I was noticing that I feel like wasn't present in the new one, and that that is there in um, is not just the relationships and the humanity um, that I feel like is really kind of more. It's a much more human story. Yeah, I think Wrath of Khan. 
uh, than you know the smorgasbord of action that we that we just saw in Into Darkness. Um, but I think that Khan specifically, especially because I had just watched Space Seed, I feel like maybe this was a little bit more because I've never I had never done that before. I'd never watched Space Seed right before watching Wrath of Khan. Yeah. So it was the first time I'd ever done that. I was like, ooh. Like, there's still a new thing I can do that I've never done before. It's like a new sexual position. It was exciting. Wow. So, um, I mean, you know, I gotta be dirty. Anyway. You're, I'm the nice one. <laughs> anyway. Um, what I noticed thematically um, that was great was that the thing that brought down Khan wasn't even really Kirk. It was hubris. It's his pride. And it was that he always had this fucking pride. And that's how I think that I think that brings down Khan both times, actually. I think pushes his buttons. But I'm saying I think it's far more noticeable in Wrath of Khan than it is like there's so much other stuff to watch. So I'm saying like like there's so much action and there's so much stuff and intensity being thrown at you. Like that, I almost understand what Stephanie was saying. Like, even in, though I darkness. enjoyed the ride yeah. in, in Antarctica, even though I enjoyed the ride, like it makes it less impactful. Like it's less, it's harder to see that nuance when I'm busy flashing lights. Okay, you know what yeah. I mean. Like that stuff gets lost in in all of the smorgasbord and i think that's a shame because you, you may be right like there are great performances in there to watch if you're but given you, the but chance you, exactly like and that's ultimately i think why it won't be remembered not because they aren't great performances and not oh you know, don't don't get me wrong i think that star trek into darkness will be remembered I, no i think saying, i think i don't a, think it i don't think that cumberbatch's performance will be remembered in the same way that Montalban's will sure because and not just because you know multiple did it first even like i said i just i think because of the other stuff going on it was it he was able to be more of a character and have a feel and a vibe and evoke something in you than Cumberbatch can because there's too much going on. There's too much for you to look at. Well, and also Cumberbatch is asked to do something different. He's doing a modern villain. A sure. A, a, a he's not a cartoon. No, Montalban is a cartoon. And so, of course, he'll be remembered. I you know, that's, that, true that's, that's, you know, this con is 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 more realistic is. And, and, and so it. I think that when you when you get to the end, I think the more I watch the movie, I'm going to find more cracks. I just, I, I just yeah, really I think do. that's true. I think that there are plot holes a mile wide. I do now that I didn't see before, but I just go, wow, that that's awfully convenient that that happened. Mm. Well, it's awfully convenient that that section thirty one lets Scotty fly into their ship. Gosh, it's awfully convenient that then he's able to run around the ship forever without <laughs> a problem and get into their systems. This is section fucking thirty one. Sloan, as one guy, shut down DS9. They were able yeah. to, behind everybody's back, build the biggest ship in the history of Starfleet. And yet, a guy can just run around. Can just, like, check in. Yeah, you know, I, like, I, I think the more that, that, that we are given an opportunity to think about it, I think the less it will it will fly. Um, you know, the, the fact that there's a big, giant chase with Khan and nobody but Spock can catch him after the biggest terrorist attack in the history of Starfleet happens on Starfleet headquarters. And the fact that he needs to get that jacket to try to blend in. Yeah, the jacket. (laughs) Um, Like, and I almost, here's something that I do wonder that I actually question though, because I. Kind of a girly jacket, really. It's hot though. Yeah. I'm just just saying it was hot. (laughs) Um, but here's something that I wonder about, honestly, because like I was watching 
like I said, you know, just watched Wrath of Khan and then I was watching Search for Spock and like I thought I'd found like a hole in Search for Spock. Like yeah. part of what makes me wonder, um, like I even when I'm rewatching this stuff uh, from a place that that has a special place in my heart, like can I be the same level of objective that I can be now watching something for the first time that I don't have the same attachment to Yeah, where I can go. Oh yeah, this was convenient. I mean, but I forgive it. And I mean, yeah, this is stupid, but but I still loved it. Like you well, know, what sure. I mean? There's that's. I mean, the the biggest one in <coughs> in Wrath of Khan is that Kirk is able to fool Khan by just going one more minute, Khan. One more, like like really, like <laughs> like like Khan's a super brain, and He's I so smart, and but... I have figured out what Kirk's doing a full forty five seconds before he does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, but look, I just don't think that even is the same level of convenience. Cause I but guess you can, I, what, but what you I can accept of, that. You can accept that because, because the, the, I would say there are plenty of clunky parts of Wrath of Khan. I would say that the, 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 the whole, uh, the, the whole thing with, with, uh, Chekhov at the beginning is, is, it's a little convenient. forced. It's a little forced. The fact that he'd crash on the planet right next to where, where Khan is, the Khan would be they there. Didn't crash. Or that he would land right next to where Khan is. He, he didn't just land. Oh, or fine. He saw the life signs, I guess. But that it would. Yeah, they were drawn, and they thought it was SETI Alpha Six. Of all the, but that he would so conveniently forget that Khan was there. Like you wouldn't think that someone. No, Khan was supposed to be on SETI Alpha Five. Fine, but there, the it's and, a, and he's on the being, next. And if planet. we're being realistic about it, Chekhov wasn't there. Yeah, I know he wasn't there, <laughs> but 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 he. But we know he was totally on the ship. I totally forgive it. But that's what I mean. yeah, that's one thing that yeah. But I forgive it. But I was like, I was thinking about it, and it was in, in search for Spock because, um, Sarek has just told, um, Kirk that you know he needs to get Spock's Katra back, and 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 like, and he's like, dude that's really fucking kind of hard what you're asking me. And he's like, yes, but you must. And I'm like, why doesn't, and he's the fucking like ambassador or whatever. Why don't they yeah. just like go, Hey, we need to do this thing. And then it became clear later. Okay. Because Genesis, because he has to go to Genesis to get the body. Yeah, so why, it's not why, that why, simple. Why isn't, why isn't Kirk like, what the fuck's the whole needs the many thing here? Hold on. What? Wait, wait, you want Spock back so bad. The expectation is that, that we're going to break all the rules and do that. Like, hold on. Cause your son was saying that time before, that the needs of the many. <laughs> Here's the thing I actually liked about that. Like, I kind of love how um, when Sarek comes in for a for a Vulcan, yeah, he's kind of raging at him. Yeah, well, that that's... I kind of dig that, like, because it's not the same kind you know, of raging a person is... would do, but it's definitely like it's like a dude. What the fuck? Did Spock you do? was always the most Vulcan Vulcan because he was trying to make up for the fact that he's part yep. human. None of the other Vulcans acted like that. Same with Worf. Yep. Wolf was the most Klingon, 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 Klingon because he, because he has to make up for the fact that he, was he grew up humans. with humans. Yeah, so it's um, I would say that uh, that the reason we forgive the clunkiness of two and three because they are clunky. They, I mean, they they really they they have things that don't work that just clearly are stupid, and yet because they're about people, like I can I can deal with Kirk going well, just one more minute, Con. Like like I can deal with it because you know what I like Kirk. I can, he can stand that bridge all he fucking wants. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what he, he can does. go have a conversation with McCoy about glasses. He doesn't need to run as fast as he can to deliver information about Cleon. Yeah, I mean, I think that's maybe what it is. I think I am more forgiving of 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 said clunkiness um, because when when you're showing me so much flash, now it all becomes so incumbent on each other. All the pieces, right? Like it's not like a, a random the flash flaw here. The, see, and the acting is just as good in both movies and maybe even better in Into Darkness. But you can't but see it. Because there's so much else to look at. 
Yeah, and that's think, and, and think, to me that makes my heart hurt a little bit, honestly. Now I now I'll say this. So when I walked out, I was like, "That was the best Star Trek film I've ever." Oh, seen. Oh, I know. When we, I mean, I was so jazzed, and so, I still think it's a really good film. Like, so, it's not that I don't. So where do I think? Where do I think it ranks now? So where am I going? So I don't watch 2009 as much as I used to. I, I'm yeah. I'm already back into watching other films in the Trek lore other than 2009. Yeah. Um, but I think that 2009. I think that they rank. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put them probably probably in the top six certainly. Um, two is probably you know the fan favorite. I'd probably put six before it. I'd probably put First Contact next. I'd probably put four after that. Um, and then I'd put these. I put I put probably 2009 and then Into Darkness and then go from there. And then three probably three after. I think I would put. So mine would be different. I think the the difference is I would put um, original series stuff uh, first. All of it before next gen. Uh, and then let me the, make sure. Hold on. Let me. You, you would put Star Trek five before. I didn't say all of it. I was the ones right. we were talking about, like I, two and three and four. All right. So you put in that order a favorite or just um, two, four, three. The thing is, two and three to me are or like movie. a single film. Yeah, I get it. Um. But I so I would put those and then I would put these new track movies before I would put next gen though. I put I put first contact. I still think first contact is I just I just because of my love for those characters, I guess maybe. Like I just I want them more than I want the next gen crew. I understand that. I, I guess I get that. I want to touch one more thing before we go, since this is clearly going to be two uh, two part episode because oh, we've gone long, like way long. Um, but uh, but um, like, wait, what? We went long. That never happens. Um, I do want to talk about one thing that Paul said that concerns me. Okay. Um, uh, and I'm walking away from this conversation agreeing with a lot more of what Paul said than I did that night. Um, Not me. No, no. We have both agreed with Paul more than that night. We like. No one, there's nothing bad about this movie. This movie's a, awesome. They should rename this movie the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know that it was that bad, but yeah, it was, um, it was a little bit. Um, so, I know there's still key things that he said that I don't agree with. Well, I, I don't see, I don't see the Star Wars stuff. But. That's what I want to talk about. Um, that that I don't think it's a remake of Star Wars. Um, nor do I think that what he's saying is that it's a remake of Star Wars. He is saying it's a good Star Wars movie. That's what no, he said. but it's not actually. I didn't think so. He is saying that it when he says Star Wars, what he means is a fast paced in your face all the time. He's he he's saying Star Wars and what he means is like um, a crank. You know, okay. he means he, he's thinking about the parts of Star Wars where they run down the halls. Okay, I got me. I get you. He's he's thinking about the speed and the intensity with which the action happens. People run instead of walk. People, and that's what you know, shoot 'em ups, that sort of thing. But he's not saying Star Wars. He thinks he's saying Star Wars. I'm actually now a little bit concerned about JJ directing Star Wars. Star yeah. Wars is not a big ass action film. It's not. None of them. None of the six. Whether you like the first three or the second three, none of them is a big ass action film where they sit around and there's action all the time. That's true. Not, None not of a one of them. Um I uh, they have intense action scenes. All six of them have intense action scenes. There's like one or what? two in a film. Um well no, Empire has a bunch of them. Empire has a ton. Jedi has a ton a ton. Um 
uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, episode three, has a bunch of really, really good ones. And there's others. Um, the Notice I just skipped over one and two. Um, uh, especially two. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Episode two. What's wrong with Please, you? Don't even. We'll get so there. Bad. We'll get there for the people who, who donated. It's going to happen so soon. Um, uh, now, you, you have finished the original trilogy, by the way, right? If you had to rank them, clearly three is the best. So, of the of the prequels, of the prequels, yes, clearly three is the. All best. right, but so that's not saying much. So what's the worst? Oh, I think it's saying a lot. I think it's saying a. I think that I think that even if you don't like three, I think three. The difference between three and two is the difference between Die Hard five, but Die Hard four and Die Hard five. I think two is is so problematic. And I think is that, that what you want to go with? Um, there's there's look there's stuff in two that I really like. Um, the in it, is uh, and we'll get there. But it's yeah. really hard to say because two and one are both so awful that it's hard for me in to different ways. One. Yeah, in very different ways. Absolutely. And they um, both have great things to them. I mean, the, the, no, two, you know what? No, you know what? Two, you know what? No. Episode two has that I really like. the The action at the end, I think, is pretty fucking epic. Actually. I, oh yeah, that's the. the I, I think the, I think the, the 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 Yoda. I think fight. not just the Yoda fight. I think from the moment that the Jedi arrive to save Anakin, uh, when they're getting uh, when they're tied <laughs> up to the poles. No, no. From the moment the no. Listen, from the moment the Jedi. I'm hearing you, but you're wrong. I'm, let me say a finished sentence. From the moment the Jedi arrive, kind of through the end of the film, not minus the animal stuff. I'm talking when it's the Jedi versus the droids. And then the droids versus the clones and the way they shoot the action in the dust, I think it's just a level of intensity they had never done before. I, 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 I think it's a visual feast. Now, there's stuff in there that's still stupid. Yeah. But the action and is dumb. Uh, the action is really, like really good. Like a kid saving everybody by accident. That's episode one. Oh, is that episode one? I'm talking about episode two. I'm talking about. It, they run together for me. I'm, I'm talking about the, the war. An episode. The only real bit of the Clone Wars you get, where 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 Obi Wan and Anakin and Amidala, they're all strung up, and, oh, and from right. from the moment uh, Samuel Jackson shows up with the sword and goes, he goes, I don't think so. Through kind of the end of the film, all, all the way up to the and credits, where you fi- see the stormtroopers marching onto the ships. The ships look like the Empire ship. I think the music's good. The cutting's good. I feel like I feel like that. I'd like to rope that section in with episode three. Because eh. it feels like that's the big Clone Wars film I wanted. Um, that's not even good enough. It's not, oh, it doesn't excuse the stuff in the middle in the in the second act of the film. It did, nothing or the beginning. Not you know what stuff in the beginning. I like Coruscant. I like the Coruscant bit. You know what I don't like? The big issue I have with Episode Two is the second act is so long and it's so poorly paced and it's so based on us it's having a buddy cop movie at some point. Um. No, that's also episode one. Um, no, it's not. When is it a buddy? Wait, when? I will do this for the mega cast. This is a different show. It's totally a buddy cop movie. Um, well, but, oh my god, we'll get there for the mega cast. Cause... One of them is Murtaugh. I'm getting too old for this shit. Oh, you're gonna get us killed! I only just okay, jumped yes. onto this fucking droid yes. out in the middle of nowhere, and it was like, oh wow! And then five seconds later, when I'm in a fucking all car right. thing with you, I'm all like, oh my gosh! Oh, Addy! Oh, Addy! You're going too fast. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm okay. with you. Um, I'm with you actually. Um, uh huh. So I still put two at the very very bottom of that because because nothing in one is nowhere near as reliant on us 
being into the relationship on it and i'm sorry but i guess i really fundamentally have a problem with a kid being the reason that the whole universe is saved by accident that really bothers me that issue that moment that moment bothers me but the rest of that film feels more like star wars than two but you can't fix it yeah take that out anyway I'm just saying. So, like, they're just, there's tied. Okay, awful. this is the mega cast. We're not doing right, the mega cast. We're not cast doing now. it now. So, why do we talk about all the stuff regarding Star Wars? My issue is your concern, um, your worry. My concern, my worry is that uh, everything I've seen from J.J. Abrams, everything from the premiere episode of Lost to Mission Impossible 3 to the two Star Trek films to Super 8 is punch it, punch it, punch it. Now, now, now. Intense, 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 and really intense emotions. Incredibly intense emotions. All that you've seen, Mission Impossible Three, right? Mm-hmm. I placed a hit in uh, a chip inside of your wife's head. It's going to explode. I'm going to count to ten. <gasps> the scene is incredible. It's riveting. It's riveting. I don't want Star Wars riveting all the time. Same thing with with Into Darkness. It's riveting almost the whole time, especially the first time you see it. It's riveting. Mm-hmm. Star Wars it's exhausting. Star Wars slows down. Yeah, Star I, Wars I appreciate a, the slowdowns, and I feel like Star Trek typically did. And I, and, I concern, I share your concern at this. And all six Star Wars, and I would say the first three to their detriment, um, or or the the worst problem I had with one, especially seeing it with my son, is not the story or any of that things how it pertains to the universe. It's just the fucking pacing. It was just the the fact that you have an hour on Tatooine where nothing happens, and and that. From a pacing perspective, I tell you, see the f- movie with a fucking seven-year-old, and you'll see a why. I mean, even without the seven-year-old, but but with yeah. it, but with the seven-year-old, you become acutely aware because as an adult, you can be frustrated by what it is, but you don't get that worry. And when you when I had a, at the time a six-year-old with me, I started to get worried that he was going to not be able to make it through the film mm. because I was like, <laughs> I even understood Jar Jar, like I even got Jar for the very first time. I was like. Oh fucking my six-year-old loves this. My f- Roger Rabbit's in the film. Of course he loves it. You know, <laughs> I got it. And all of a sudden Jar Jar was way less offensive. Even Anakin was less offensive. What became offensive to me was the fact that nothing happens. They just go from one scene to one scene where they sit in a room and talk about nothing. Forever. <laughs> um so yes, they it's the slow- part where they're talking about nothing that I have issue with. They, they 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 slow down too much in those films, but they do slow down. Those three films, as big as they are, and by episode three, it's huge all the time. It's bigger than I think it should have been, but they do slow down. There's conversations about the force. There's conversations about the rebellion. There's there's you know wonderful moments like like Anakin talking to the the Emperor at the opera, where he goes, "Have you t- heard the story of Darth Plagueis?" Yeah. The there's there's wonderful moments like that, um, and especially Empire, my favorite one, which is supposedly. JJ's favorite one. There's a whole lot of that. That's Yoda training Luke. Yeah, there's not is a whole Empire. lot of action going on. There's 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 a whole section where, and I'm really worried that Abrams is either going to give us another film where everything is intense but, all the fucking time, but surface intense. Yeah, there's a, something to I as intense as it is that Kirk is dying and Spock is losing it. I feel like the more intense scene is Kirk getting glasses. In Star Trek Two, that scene is much deeper, much. That's that's as it's, it's a it's a it's a level of subtlety. It's the difference between subtly and bashing you over the head with something. Yeah, but but, but here's the thing: I uh, Star Wars bashes you over the head sometimes. 
Absolutely. Every single film. Ben dies. They blow up the Death Star. Darth Vader's his father. They cut off his hand. He's screaming. There's torture. There's, there's, you know, he's being killed by, by a monster. He's facing the Emperor. He's being tortured. He's like, there's, there is Bashu in the head, but there's also. That's what I'm saying. It's not always that though. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying there's something wrong with Bashu over the head. And, by, by any by any means, I'm saying it's the difference between only having that and having subtlety. And I'm scared that that JJ will or he'll go the other direction and it'll make it way slower because he's trying that he will try to emulate the Empire Strikes Back in reverence to it, which I don't want him to do either. Um, I am really starting to f- worry about it. I'm really starting to think that maybe the person to have done the Empire Strikes Back was David Yates or or Brad Bird. Um, Brad Bird did Mission Impossible Four, which there was a lot of a lot of bash over the head, intense, but there was also a lot of slow, funny talking, figuring shit out um, that made it matter more. And then David Yates did the last uh, four Harry Potter films, and while I think he blew it on the action a little bit, especially in the fourth Harry Potter, I felt like he really he got the balance right as well as he could here's the thing even when you get a director that seems like a good fit um shit just goes wrong so i don't even know that i would feel better with a different director who seems like the right and the reason i'm saying it's because i recently actually finally uh, suffered through the host and um yeah but nothing about the host would have been good the source material was terrible no it wasn't not to me not the all story right. that's actually in the book, if you read the book at all. Um, I heard a lot about the book, but you haven't read it. I, I'm just saying. If I they, lived with it. Is that? I'm just saying, if they had actually made that book, and the person they got to do it, and this I found out later and was like flabbergasted by, is the guy who did Gattaca. And Gattaca was brilliant. I loved Gattaca, and like. What else has he done? I don't know. That was just the one they brought up. That's a one-off. That's a, okay, Gattaca's just, great. And is Gattaca greatly directed or is it got just a fucking killer script? I don't know, but I feel like it was... And it a killer was, cast. It, it was the same... Because uh, Ethan, Ethan, Ethan Hawke is fucking... Sure, but there were just there were similar themes there um, to to what's sure. going on in the host. Like So I'm like, on paper, you go, that guy would totally be the guy. Fuck yeah, he could totally do it. But like they didn't make that movie. They didn't make Gattaca. Here's they didn't the thing. make the host. They here's made the thing about David what they Yates. thought want, people wanted to see. And this is the problem I find right here. Like it's, it's not even about the director, I feel like. It's about what Hollywood and the producers and the studios think people want to see. Like, Because this is how I felt about the host. The host is a very introspective kind of movie that's supposed to make you think in the way that Gattaca was. Yes, it was sci-fi, but it wasn't sci-fi like Star Trek Into Darkness is sci-fi. It wasn't action, 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 pump, pump, pump. It was suspense. Yeah. Thinking. Is this right? Look at the way the world is right now. Sure. Like, and that's what the host should have been. But because that doesn't sell, how do you sell that to today's market? How do you sell that to kids? They were like, no, we're going to make everything shiny. See, here's it's going to be about a war between aliens I don't and people. Know. I, don't like, know and totally Star- I don't know how much Star Trek is Hollywood. I think Star Trek is JJ. I don't know, man. When, when I, I watch, when, when I, when I watch Mission Impossible 3 and when I watch Super 8, there is a and Super 8 does slow down sometimes. I will. I don't want to. It sm- does. I like Super 8 a lot, but there were again. There are certain things that I agree with you, like the lens flares. There are things that I see not that just are the lens flare, not just the lens flares, but I think Super 8 does try so hard to be a Spielberg movie that it's the emotions, while passionate, 
are never all that deep. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 I have not seen JJ's ability to do sort of the slower drama. Like that Super 8 from the moment it starts it just sort of feels like even the slow moments just feel like it's passion like the the kid's mom and he's he's you know he misses and the and the and the, he loves the girl and the, and this is happening and he's so worried about everything all the time like everything is like like even the emotion i feel like jj's drama would just be like you know the funeral where the person gets cancer and at the hospital where the nurse who's taking care of him has a stroke while she's having a divorce and an abortion. I just feel like <laughs> I just, I just feel that's actually really like, yeah, that totally like, if that's doing, a really good way of putting it. If you were doing a drama that, and that's how I felt about the drama in Super 8. I feel like everything was really dramatic. And I like Star Wars. Not yeah, I'm every, a big fan of levels. Star Wars is light a lot of the time, but not too light, or else it's episode two. And there's no and it's, it's and and it's buddy cop movie. Um, I mean, and and that's why when Lucas finally got it right with episode three, he was like, okay, episode three, it's got it's got some humor, it's got some action, it's got some dark stuff. It's like people are like this feels more like Star Wars. Yeah, and I feel like Lucas's problem was he was too reverential to his own Star Wars that he was so mo so interested in playing playing in the his own Star Star Wars that he stopped worrying about making a movie. They and, stopped worrying about telling a story. Yeah, and I and I worry that that Abrams I I just am really worried it's gonna be so in my face. And I totally get that. And and Star Wars has never been in my face. Like Star Wars was never in my face. Any of them. They're not in your face films. Nope. I wouldn't say any of them are like Relentless, grab you by the seat of your pants and don't ever let go. Not yeah, that's not what they are. It's not what they do. About they are, they're you know that you have to fall in love with the characters. Um, Very important. And and in episode three, that was the thing. I I I, I liked Obi Wan a hell of a lot in episode three, and Obi Wan yep. car- carried episode three, and that's why. And to a lesser extent, Amidala actually. And I mm-hmm. even could get into. Um, I liked Anakin whenever he was with the Emperor. I was into his plight with his, when he was in there for, I still did never felt any chemistry between him and Amadala, but, but, but like I, the story I knew I was supposed to, and it was enough for me. And it was, it was like, I am worried that you're not even going to get that, that you're going to have characters oh, yeah. that you like the really likable. Yeah. That it's going to be, they're really going to take, you know, star Wars and, and crank it up to 11. And I don't want, and that. I don't yeah. want that either. Um, and it's why I think Yates seems like he would be the guy. Cause Yates, you know, I did you like Harry Potter and Half Red Prince? No, I mean, it's really? fine. I just not your favorite of the bunch. I, I really liked the like the first one that was pretty much exactly like the book. I, I that was the first. It's time hard I'd for ever, you to get away from the book. It was the first time I'd ever seen that done. And yeah. I was like, look, you could totally fucking do it. Like, I just, you know what I mean? That jazzed me I so hate, much. I hate the first two Harry Potter Of course you do. Of course. Well, I do. They're, of course you do. They're terribly paced. Especially the second one's terribly paced. Oh, God. Um, Ever. But I just feel like they're uh, hate, 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 hating. It, I think the thing is, is JJ so sold on being I'm JJ. This is what I do. This is my thing now. Yeah, maybe. And and I don't want someone. To, I don't want his. I don't want to see JJ. But thing. I think the reason he's got it is for you, that. I, I know. But that, you know that's, what I mean? Like, I, that's what we're like. That's why I say, like, I don't know that like JJ is the problem. Like Hollywood and the studios are. The they problem. want JJ. They want what JJ does. Right. They're the problem because they have decided what the people want and they don't even fucking know what that is. Yeah, I'm I'm we'll so see. I'm we'll, we'll see. Look, we'll I, I don't we'll want to judge for look, it's it's 
it could go right. Um, I mean, what's the point? If I hear that, that if I if I hear that Roberta <laughs> if I hear that Roberta Orsi and Damon Lindelof are doing it, um, I will have an I'll start being really worried. I think the screenplay is the problem with Star Trek Into Darkness. In a lot of times, I think that it's they're the guys who wrote the Transformers movies. Uh, oh. They wrote Star Trek 2009. Things just happen for no reason. Starts to explain a lot. Actually. Um. Uh. But they love Star Trek, and that's that shows too. That yeah, they love that Star does. Trek. Their love, and that's what gets them through. As their, far as their I can intimate see. knowledge of the little minutia yep. in Trek. I mean, they get and the fact they get the characters. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. But, but I, I am worried. I don't want things to conveniently happen. Like I, I need them to, to not have that happen. <laughs> I need to not see you know, son of Luke and son of Han run up to each other as fast as they can to give each other a small bit of explanation. I just need that to not happen. Well, we'll see what happens. Go I don't love that. the running scenes. To be honest, I, I don't love the running scenes. I love what happens between them. I love what Han's like, you know, boring conversation anyway. Oh, God, I love that. You know, <laughs> you know, I love, you know, I, I love, I, as much as I love Yoda fighting Palpatine in three, I love their conversation. Yes. Uh, hello, my Before. little green friend. Before the I fight. love that shit. Absolutely. You know, that's the stuff that you remember. You wanted to blow you out of the park visually, which I know he can handle. But Yeah, that doesn't worry me. It's, but it's I want the, Yeah, the, it's the conversations. That's what sticks with me. That's sort of my point. Like what sticks with me when it comes to a film, like after like years and years later, like it's not gonna be I mean, because th- there's a lot of good visual stuff out there. So like you know what you know what, what the threshold I need to cut is is the emotional notes is the is the conversations between the characters. You, you know you know here's the thing I think the Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek, Star Trek 2009 so much wants you to have a good time. Yes, he's like have a good time, have a good time. I never feel like the actors are having as good time as I am. Never, never. Even yeah. that first scene, if I watch their performances, they're just yelling at each other. We're having a good time, you know, but it's like, it's like, it's like, I don't know, but they were bowing to it. All he's doing is yelling the lines. You know, it's, we're having a good time because the, the way it's cut together it's and the music and it's mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. The only person who seems to be having a good time is the one guy who's not yelling. Simon Pegg. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's the one guy who's, who's, he seems to be having a better time even than I am having watching him. <laughs> yes and, and that matters to me that matters now you don't want to go too far you don't you don't want to go iron man 2 which they seem to having be having an awesome time and i'm just not oh i enjoyed that film um iron man 2 i felt like they improv the whole film and i felt like the the performances were just kind of, let's get a couple takes and go get a beer it oh, just I felt like that it. way i felt like it didn't there was no emotional resonance in iron man 2 none I wish if Did they we watch the same film. What could, is wrong with you? If they could put the emotional that. resonance of, except for um, what's his name um, from Moon, uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is the only performance in Iron Man two that I really really liked. Oh, he's brilliant. Man. He's awesome he's in that so film. Good. And you know, and I didn't hate um, what's his name who played Whiplash, um, Mickey Rourke. I didn't hate you him. You didn't either. like Don Cheadle. He was fine. He's not the best Don Cheadle performance I've ever seen, and not the not in the top three best Don, Don Cheadle performances I've ever seen. I guess so, but I mean, when he, I, I felt like the relationship between him and and Stark was solid enough, was solid and good. I I enjoyed it. I like their relationship better in Iron Man three as much as I have stuff to complain about in Iron Man. I 3. haven't watched Iron Man. 3, um, so. it has emotional resonance. The, the the other one lacked, even though the plot doesn't make any sense. 
Um, we'll see. Again, what a what a high watermark to hold them to, right? Though, because Iron Man one is a perfect film. I don't know about perfect. All right, I mean, let, let me perfect? let me rephrase: a flawless film. Whether or not it delivers everything up to ten, it doesn't have any mistakes. There's nothing in that film that I feel like it blew. Like it just. It starts. I mean, I don't know that I think that either. I'm just saying. I starts and I'm kind of like this the whole time. A big, giant, stupid smile. And then it's done. I was like, I, I can't walk to the, the parking lot and go, that doesn't make sense. That's stupid. That doesn't, like, like nothing there. It's just kind of like, yeah, I know that works. With the possible exception of, um, of, uh, what's his name? Tron. I can't remember his name anymore. Jeff Bridges. I was like, as, as the, oh. <laughs> as the, as the bad guy, especially the way he was composited into the big bad guy suit. Okay, maybe that didn't quite make sense, but I forgave it at the end because fucking Robert Downey Jr. was on fucking fire. That was like the perfect the perfect amount of he's having more fun than I am, but only a little. Like it just has to be that level of otherwise it's like watching a high school a high school performance on the final night where they're joking around so much that the audience doesn't, you know, doesn't go with them on the ride. But I I didn't feel that in the new Star Trek movie. The either one I don't feel like we're, especially the new one. I don't feel like they're having more fun than we are. No, I, I feel like they're. I mean, I think there are moments when I feel like they're having fun, but which ones? What moment? Think about it, really. Except minus Carl Urban and Simon Pegg. Okay. Well, because yeah, they seem to be having fun, especially that scene that we hate of the torpedo scene. Best thing about that scene is him describing delivering the Gorn babies. You know. Like, but excluding that, 2009 had a lot more. The bar fight was really great. I felt like, I felt well, like. And there's little, like the little quips. Like that's, I find when I'm rewatching the original series, like that's the stuff that I always loved. Like, w- like in Space Seed when he was like, seems like, I thought you said it was impossible for that to be uh, an earth ship. Yeah. He's like, why do you seem to delight? And whenever I'm wrong, I don't you know? mean the characters are but having more fun. I mean the actors. No, I mean, very I know, but I'm saying when those interactions giving. happen, I feel like there's fun, even in the new ones. I feel like there's a level of them enjoying each. Like the uh, only time in the new one that like I like in felt- the first one when when he's like, I would quote regulation to you, but you'll simply ignore it. And he's like, See, we're already getting to know each other. Like. I felt like they were having fun in that scene. Yeah, I feel you like there I mean? are scenes. I I feel That's like what I'm saying. I feel like Spock when he's talking to Pike is having fun. Like the, I feel like they're having fun in that scene. Like I'm expressing m- multiple emotions at the same time. Yes. I feel like I feel like he's having fun. There. That's what I, I mean. feel like the scene at the bar with Pike and Kirk, mm-hmm. actually, where where they were talking about the fight in the first one. I felt like that, you know. But again, it's repeating a moment, not as good as the first time they did it. You know, Pike Pike gives life changing advice to Kirk while sitting at a bar. It's a callback. They even say it's a callback. It's a bar just like this one. Right after you were demoted or, you know, right before right. you like, really? It's like we're at a bar right before you go to impress everybody with what you do so that you get your shit back. It's just like, give us the new stuff. We like the new stuff. As confident as the films are, be confident enough to know that we like you. We like your cast and we like the new stuff that you're cut, the new shit you're coming up with. We like your choices. Don't you don't have to give us. Don't try so hard. I feel like Into Darkness tries really hard, too hard. Maybe. I mean, um, I, I don't see it the same way you do. Whereas, whereas Star Trek Two doesn't seem to be trying sometimes. It just... It doesn't seem to try at all. Yeah, it's just like... 
I mean, it's either it's easy going. Yeah, like it's 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 gripping. And Star long. Trek Three, even more. Star Trek Three has has a relatively stupid script, in a lot of places, it doesn't make any sense. They can do the things they can. Nothing really makes sense in that film, and yet, it's so like them getting the Enterprise back. So awesome. It's ludicrous. There's no way that it happens that way. But you know what? They don't give a fuck. Yeah, seriously. You know what? It is. You know what it is? It's 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 Ocean Starfleet. You know, it's just like it doesn't make sense. It would never really work that way. It's it's ridiculous. And yet, just like Ocean's Eleven, these guys like each other so much. Their chemistry is so oh, it's brilliant. You know, as much as they may not have liked Shatner. No, their chemistry and screen was great. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. you get the sense that these characters like each other so much that that they don't need to be flashy. It's just fun to watch them do what they do. Oh yeah. And that's and that's you know, that's how I feel about about two, three, and four. Um, six to a lesser extent. Um, I like six for different reasons. Um, and and I would say you know, generations less so. First contact, I really feel that too. Is like that just sense of you know, just easy going, man. We're good. I'm good. We're all good. And I and and you don't have to try so hard, JJ. It's I guess what I'm saying. It's or really what you're or to whoever say. does it next time, and and the writers too. You don't have to try so hard. We like you. We like we like a lot of what you're doing. Let us enjoy it. So it's totally, it's fine. It's fine. You know what they are? It's not a buffet. They are, when you are, um, let's pretend there's a restaurant where it's like all you can eat, but the waiters are there like every two seconds to take your plate away. So it's like you grab what you want, you order what you want, and there's no bill. And so you order something, you get it, you take it by and like, oh, I'm going to take some time to, nope, plate's gone. What else do you want? You know, <laughs> you know what they are? They're they're the they're, they're the fucking short one hour flight where they give you your soda and right as soon as you start to drink it, it's time to clean up. You know, it's it's. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. I totally like, do. Like, it's like, like that analogy makes total sense. <laughs> like, hold on, I, I liked that. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait. But, was, oh, but, was, but this was, is good. This is good too. Oh, this oh, looks good oh, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, no, oh, no, 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 no. But I was, I mean, it's like it's like eating at a wedding reception. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the company Christmas party. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's just like that's it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, you walk away feeling hungry, like you tasted a lot of really good stuff, but she you didn't get a meal. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. That's interesting. That's very. Interesting. It's rare that you and I come down on the same side so strongly. On, we both really liked it, but. But yeah. Hmm. There's going to be more Star Trek Into Dark Snake. We're going to move on to other stuff uh, next time you listen to us. But hope you've enjoyed these two episodes about Into Darkness. Indeed, we do. Um, and uh, and how it compares to this the to Star Trek Two. Um, so I, I uh, uh, so they're going to be hearing this. Just so you understand, they're going to they're going to be hearing this. Uh, um, probably about three weeks after we record it. Um, this second half of this episode. So yeah. by the time we record again, we'll probably be up to sort of our post movie wrap up for us. So uh, we're going to wow. go from into darkness to into burlesque uh, yeah, the next time we talk scary. and talk a lot about what it means to have a Star Trek burlesque show. So, so stay tuned cool. for that. But uh, meantime, um, I am also watching a lot of Doctor. Where are you in Doctor Who? I'm still in the same place. Really? I mean, because what happens is I try to wait for Mr. A and he just falls yeah. asleep when he gets home from work. I've been, I've so been, doesn't really work out I've been eating well. it so up. Just like not. I've been eating it up. And, uh, and really, if you want to exp- expand your Doctor Who experience, you should listen to Phil's show, uh, the Definitely. podcast too with Phil Stamper. It's a really great, uh, 
companion piece. Um, again, uh, like us on iTunes, five-star rating. Please write a review. It means a huge thing. The more reviews that are written, the more people listen. So write a review, like us on Facebook, and let the Delta Quadrant podcast know that we want to talk to them <laughs> now. No. You better listen, guys. We really, really like you. And oh, Justin. Yes. And let JR and John know that we're listening to you. JR watches Star Trek first time. Let them know and too. And we like them too. We like them too, but they're taking too long between their episodes right now. And I want they're doing Voyager now too. So uh, that's so, probably why. That's why actually why one of the reasons I want to listen to more Delta Contra too. Well, I think they I when they were doing DS9, they seemed a little more motivated. Um Of course. So this is a better show. Yeah, well, okay. Whatever. Am I gonna argue that? No, of no, not. not a chance. I'm gonna <laughs> For argue. once he's not gonna argue me. It's a bloody miracle. <laughs> you said DS9 was good. What am I gonna say? No. <laughs> All right, uh, my name is Justin. <laughs> my name is Alexia. Trick off. Trick off, bitches. You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the not-safe-for-work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to Geeks radio.com or searching geeks radio on itunes geeks radio is a presentation of endlight entertainment